and get my act together in time for the early slip today. going on everybody it's time for a little stochastic nha show going over game six of the nba finals potentially the last game of the nba season like the video subscribe to the youtube channel i'm here hanging out with terry for the next 30 minutes terry have you been invested emotionally financially or in any other way yet to this nba finals because it's been a close series I tell you what, a little bit emotionally because I'm rooting for you to cash that Celtics ticket. I'm rooting for uh, the Celts a little bit to, uh, you know, just reward my buddy Lou, who's a huge Celtics fan. So I found myself pulling for the Celtics a little bit more than I thought I would. I know I said the Warriors uh, when we were talking about it last round, but seems like the heartstrings are going a little bit toward the Celts. I've watched every game. Um, the depth to which I've been invested in them has come and gone with the closeness of the games in, uh, you know, in the fourth quarters. But uh, yeah, I've been here a lot more for, than uh, for the last few rounds anyway. Do you care? Do you care for the MVP debate at all? Because you know we've had people now who are well. The the discussion two days ago, three days ago now was should Steph Curry win the MVP regardless of who wins the series? People were saying you know Steph Curry's been outrageously good in the series. Tatum hasn't played particularly well. Jalen Brown hasn't played particularly well. But should the Celtics go on to win the series? Was that enough for Steph Curry to win MVP? But now. We've got people coming out saying, well, now what Andrew Wiggins should be MVP because he played really well last game. It, it does seem like a lot of recency bias kind of ignoring some of the rest of the series, but Wiggins is playing as well as he's played his entire career. Uh, do, you, do you have any real kind of takes or any feels on the, on the MVP conversation going on in the series? I'm not ready for a world of uh, playoff finals MVP Andrew Wiggins, to be quite honest. That would be a weird, weird scenario. But, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely played well. Like you said, this is the best we've seen him probably in his whole career. He's found a really good role for himself with this Golden State team. And he's, you know, he's fit in nicely. So he's a good piece for them. But I, I can't see it not going to either Steph or, or Tatum, to be honest. Like, it's going one way or the other. I think it's going to whichever team wins. I think one of those two, one of the two big stars is getting it. It's, it's fairly straightforward to me. Not a huge debate. I could see Curry getting it, even if the Celts win just on the back of, you know, his overall play. But I don't think they're going to go that route. Like, I feel like a, a team like the Celtics, they'll want to reward one of those kids with it if they, uh, if they do get there. So here's, here's something else. Well, number one is people are so reactionary, particularly when it comes to some of these NBA finals games where Wiggins was ridiculous last game. That's the best game I think he's played in his entire career, certainly in terms of the leverage of the game as well, because he's, he's had some individual really good scoring games. But last game, when you consider, you know, game five of the NBA finals series tied to two, massive stuff from Andrew Wiggins. But let's not disregard what's happened the rest of the series, because overall, you know, I like to look at true shooting percentage as the best measure of efficiency. For the NBA Finals, Andrew Wiggins is a 51% true shooting percentage. Steph Curry is a little over 60%. League average is about 56%. So if we're looking at this at the series overall, you know, Wiggins just hasn't shot the ball particularly well. I know he was really good last game, but on the whole, he hasn't been all that efficient. Steph Curry's been absurdly good from a scoring efficiency standpoint. Here's something else. NBA Finals stats. Andrew Wiggins. Here's how important Steph Curry is to Andrew Wiggins' production. Steph Curry, and we could go back to the regular season for this as well because I have these numbers pulled up. Andrew Wiggins has a 49% effective field goal percentage with Steph Curry off the court during the regular season, 57.7% with Steph Curry on the court. So obviously Steph Curry has a, had a massive impact in the regular season on Wiggins' efficiency. In the playoffs, 
with Steph Curry on the court, Wiggins has a 55.5% effective field goal percentage, 36.3% when Steph Curry's off the court. So, you know, you start to ask yourself, so you start to say like, all right, Wiggins has played a really good series. I think he's been, this, if, if we're just ignoring the, the rest of the season, career, all of that, if we're just talking about yeah. who have been the most valuable players in this series, I think it's Steph Curry one. I think it's Wiggins two. But Wiggins has been so effective, in my opinion, because of what Steph Curry does, because of the amount of gravity he pulls from defenses, because of the amount of attention he brings. That's what's allowed Andrew Wiggins to be so productive. So, you know, we've got we've got people saying stuff like, oh, my, like, look how dumb the Timberwolves are. If they could have had this core of Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, you're not getting that Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is this good in Golden State because he has Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. He was never going to be that guy while he was in Minnesota. So, you know, long story short, I just kind of wanted to shout out that we have, you know, Wiggins has played really well, but I think Steph Curry deserves some of the credit for Wiggins' high level of play. But that aside, we've got an NHA slate to talk about for not Wednesday night. I know we're doing the show on Wednesday because that's the time Terry and I talk about NHA, but Thursday is when the game actually happens. This is going to be our last NHA show of the uh, season because – well, it's game six of the finals. Number one, the series could end, but then number two also. If it doesn't end today, it ends over the weekend at the latest. So we won't be doing a, a show for that. But going through this, and we're going to be really diligent. We want to make sure we're giving people out the best prop picks possible for NHA when we're going on the final slate of the entire season. But also, we've if you guys got the signing, right slate this time. Yeah, that, that's – oh, sorry, what was that? I said we've even got the right slate loaded up this time. But we do. We've got the right slate to talk about and – also, if you guys are signing up at NHA for the first time, make sure to use our promo code AWESOMO. I should have asked for that change, but I think it still holds, holds true. Promo code AWESOMO, all new users, $25 bonus on your first deposit. So make sure to sign up using our promo code if you are playing on No House Advantage for the first time. But heading into tomorrow's game, Celtics, four-point favorites. So the expectation is that we're going to get a game seven in the series. Obviously not a lock. Four points is a fairly tight spread, but Boston favored to win the game. Let's start on their side of the game. Looking at some of the props on the board, what stands out most to you from the Boston side? Let's take a look. Boston side looks like our biggest number is on the unders. I was actually uh, taking a look at some of the unders, and uh, the Golden State side was a little bit higher on the uh, unders as well here. But Derek White's assists or Derek White's points plus assists both pop up toward the top of the board here. The assists alone is a pretty big number, 87% or that's our best mark on the board. We've got them projected at 2.84. The line's four and a half. For the course of the entire playoffs, he is averaging, where is it, 2.7 in his 25.9 minutes a game across the finals. Derek White is presumably on this list somewhere. Hold on. I'll pull up some of uh, Derek White's numbers. Yeah, so I've got his, something, uh, else, something else to keep in mind 2. when it comes 2. to Derek White. The Celtics are healthy right now, and it's game six. I think we're going to see big, big minutes from the Celtics starters in this game. Yeah. And with that in mind, what happens? Well, if the starters are playing big minutes, that's less minutes for the role players because there's only so many amount of minutes in an NBA game. So last game, obviously a very, very high leverage game five. The series was tied 2-2. We only saw 21 I minutes out of Derek White. And I think that's probably more in line of what we should expect from him is, you know, minutes in the mid to low 20s. If that's going to be the case, we're just not getting some very big assist numbers. You pointed out that uh, the number we have over there, it's four and a half is the overrunner on NHI. Here are his assist yeah, numbers in the finals. Three, one, two, two, three. 
So the most assists he's had in the entire finals is three. He hasn't even hit four when the number's four mm-hmm. and a half. Then you go back to last series, he had a couple games where he had five, he had a six, but keep in mind also, Al Horford had missed time in the playoffs, Marcus Smart missed time. We've got a healthy team out there. It's just hard for me to think we're going to see those big minutes going to Derek White, particularly played 21 minutes last game. So I, I do really, really like the under there. It looks like way too high of a line. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. And like you're saying, even in the 28.5 minutes that he's gotten over the first five games per game, he's still only given us 2.2 assists for the finals. So I think we're safe even if he does get advanced minutes. And it just makes sense what you're saying about the tight rotation. Looking at last game, he was the first man off the bench, but he got a stint in the first, a long stint in the second, took the entire third quarter off, and then played you know two little chunks when they were trailing in the fourth. So it just looks like that's kind of going to be the nature of his game. Like you said, tight rotation, he'll be 20-ish minutes off the bench, and that's probably not going to be enough for him to get there. So I think that's a strong one off the top. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. And that's something else to consider as well. Robert Williams has looked healthier the last couple of games. And, you know, there's times there's times where the Celtics go small. They'll take Robert Williams off the court fairly early sometimes in favor of going to Derek White and playing smaller lineups. But the last two games, 32 and 30 minutes from Robert Williams. Here's how valuable Time Lord is to the Boston Celtics. The last three games, which, by the way, the Celtics lost two of them. Robert Williams plus 21, plus six, and plus 11 was his plus minus in those three games. It just has to be a priority for Boston to get bigger minutes to him as opposed to Derek White, which I think is going to be the case barring any kind of injuries or foul trouble. So you and I are both on the same page there. I like those unders for Derek White. Uh, What else is looking awesome? Uh, We got uh, awesome or statistic. I don't even know what we're calling Mike anymore these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just saying uh, Joel Embiid is – and also, did you, did you change your name and add a space into it? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I think – I don't know. I think, I think we've always thought that Mike was it's, – it's another thing because we know that Mike is a secret agent who pretends to be a Philadelphia sports fan, but <laughs> – because I think all this time he's been trying to convince us that he's awesome, yo. When he's actually awesome, yo. There's that extra yo. space in between. He's been he's been punking us the entire time. <laughs> he's not who he says he is. That mic is up to no That's good. It. He's an imposter. Look at this guy. Uh, but getting back to talking about this game and the Boston Celtics, what other props are standing out to you in our projections? So one that I actually want to call out, just kind of on the back of what we were just talking about with Robert Williams. We've got his under for points. The, the line is nine and a half. We've got him projected at 7.7 po- uh, 7.47 points, but we've only got him carrying a 20-minute projection. I feel like that's a little off, given what we've seen from him the last couple of games. Um, so on the back of that, I'd be a little concerned about that one being pretty fragile if we're calling that a 70%er on the underside of it. He's a guy, he's averaging, what, uh, averaging 7.6 points per game in 22.6 minutes for the playoffs. If we look at the finals, uh, we can pull him up over here. And again, you know, on and off the court a little bit, but we know that he's very capable when he's out there. And if it sounds like I'm stalling for time, I am. Uh, seven points per game across the five, first five games of the finals in 25.2 minutes. So if we're giving him up, out toward that 30-minute mark, I think we get a little bit fragile around nine and a half points. It's still, you know, maybe an appropriate line, but I think our just our projection where we've got it based on 20 minutes is probably not entirely accurate here. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing to keep in mind also to your point before is this is a Thursday game. We're doing a show on Wednesday, so projections and all that in minutes are going to get updated tomorrow morning. But I agree with you. I think that 
expecting only 20 minutes from Robert Williams is probably a little bit light. And it wasn't a couple of games ago because I mean, his playing time to start the series was so, so difficult to predict once again, because he he has that, that bulky knee, which sometimes is giving him pain that limits his minutes. So game two of the series, we only got 14 minutes at a time Lord. game one of the series, we got 24 minutes. I remember going into game three being like, I don't know how the hell to protect this guy's minutes because he's either the best or the worst play on the slate in the <laughs> mid range. And I couldn't figure out which one it was, but he's looked really healthy the last few games. And considering that we've seen 30 plus minutes in back-to-back games, I tend to think the minutes are probably more consistently going to be towards that 30 mark than underneath it. So yeah, I would, I would tread cautiously with Robert Williams. And actually in terms of a prop where it's just over under where there's been so much uncertainty with his minutes, I probably just stay away from him altogether for NHA purposes. That makes sense. Yeah. Just leave it on the board and not take it. I just wanted, I definitely wanted to call it out because it is sitting there as one of the more ripe plays based on how we've got it projected right now. So it definitely was worth talking through there, but yeah, that makes a ton of sense. If you, if it's a little bit fragile either way and you're not really sure, just leave it on the table. There's plenty of uh, different ones to choose from. Yeah. And then getting some of the overs. Yeah, and speaking of overs, one that I think makes sense, the over one and a half threes for Marcus Smart. Uh, I know I have him projected north of that number, and looking at his game so far in the series, three three three-pointers last game before that, three three three-pointers, three three three-pointers, none in the game before that. That was also a blowout loss, but then game one of the series, four three-pointers. He had three three three-pointers in the game seven closeout game against the Miami Heat. So overall, we're looking at in the last six games, Marcus Smart has had three or more threes in five of them, and we're getting a one and a half threes prop here. I love the over on that number. Yeah, that's a pretty sharp call. I like that one a lot. Uh, we're talking about a guy who's averaged 39.7 minutes over the last three games. Just He's going to be out there a ton for them just based on the way we expect this game to be played with the tight rotation important obviously game for the Celtics to you know kind of lock down on the defensive side of the ball and we know how good he is on that at that so he's just going to get a ton of playing time in this one and looking at what he's done for the for the final so far averaging 34.8 minutes taking 6.4 making 2.6 just on the average in less time than we're projecting him for he's already clearing that by a full three so I mean we are pretty comfy on that one I think that's we've got it at 72 percent feels like it should maybe be higher just based on the numbers, based on what he's doing on the average. Yeah, and if you look at his regular season numbers, Marcus Smart averaged 1.83s per game. So it's over one and a half, not crazy over one and a half, but keep this in mind too. The regular season, you're getting 33 minutes per game out of Marcus Smart. You're getting way more from him in the playoffs, particularly in the finals. 40 minutes last game, 40 minutes the game before, 39 and a half the game before that. So competitive game, we're looking at 40 plus minutes for Marcus Smart. In fact, with this being game six and the Celtics down 3-2, don't be surprised if any of Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown play nearly the entire game. Jason Tatum might play... I was just going to say, yeah, he's, he's going to see 42, 44, something like that in this game. Like Those three will be out there the entire game for the most part. Jason Tatum might not come off the floor the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, the last two games. Just looking at the per 36 for the regular season for Smart, too. Five point, taking 5.6, making 1.9 per 36. So, I mean, we're still already pushing that, uh, you know, pushing at least a half a three over the line uh, just on the average for, the, for that much time. So, I think, we're, I think we're nicely clear on that one. Anything else here from an over-under perspective on the Boston side of the game that really stands out? I know a lot of our projections are favoring more of the uh, Warriors props as being, as being higher percentage plays. Um, 
two, the smart rebounding one is the top of our board in terms of the overs. It's sitting at 79%. It's a three and a half line. He's averaging four, two for the finals. We've got him projected at four, eight on the back of a couple additional minutes here. It feels a little bit more thin than the three point one does, even though it's at a higher percentage based on our projections. But I do think that one's probably on the board. Just again, given so much playing time, capable rebounder who's out there. Jalen Brown, by the same token, is sitting right at uh, at the same thing. He's a six and a half line, seven point seven four projection, projected out at a seventy four percent chance. So if you want to grab one or the other of the rebounding ones to build into a card, I think that works. Or maybe do you call it like the smart pra? Is that in play for you? Twenty two and a half. He's averaging 20, uh, he's projected for 25, averaging 24.8 for the finals as a PRA. That's another one. It's, it feels thin, but on the back of a lot of playing time, I could easily see him getting there. And if we're calling the rebounding one kind of likely points, I think we could get there on that one, but I'd probably go for the rebounding one or the three-pointer on its own. Yeah, the 3.1 is the one I feel best about, just the number I, I cited before. It's not just that he's two plus three-pointers in these games. I mean, it's three plus three pointers in five of his last six games. Yep. And the other thing too, how the Warriors have defended a lot in this series, by the way, the Warriors have played very, very well as a team uh, by and large part on defense. But one thing they have done is they are allowing a lot of open threes to some of the Celtics uh, role players. And then after the games, if they hit them, you got Draymond Green in press conferences saying like, ah, it's a fluke. We don't have to worry about that. They're not going to hit threes at this high of a percentage. It's like, well, you're leaving Derek White, a professional NBA player, wide open from three just on the back of, ah, he's not a great three-point shooter. But if they're going to continue to leave guys like Marcus Smart, Derek White, wide open from three, they're going to make some of them. So Yeah, it changes uh, just because, percentages a little. Yeah, I mean, we've just seen him take so many wide open threes that I, the one I feel the best about is that uh, over one and a half threes by Marcus Smart. And then one other one also, just because I think the minutes are going to be so substantial for the Celtics core guys. And... You know, I think they're going to be for the Warriors as well. But with that said, the Warriors still have another game to play with. And I don't necessarily think they're going to go out there and play Steph Curry, say, you know, 48 minutes or Clay Thompson, you know, well over 40 minutes. They usually tend to be a little more conservative with their playing time. Boston doesn't have that kind of cushion. So I look at the six and a half rebound prop for Jalen Brown. We have him projected for 7.7. And once again, another one where, you could make a case that maybe Jalen Brown plays 46 minutes or something totally absurd in this game. So I feel pretty good about over six and a half rebounds for, for Jalen Brown as is he's been averaging right around that in the series. And that is playing closer to 40 minutes. He played 44 last game. He had nine rebounds. We're going to see big minutes out of Marcus Smart in uh, well, Marcus Smart also, but Jalen Brown in game six. So I like that over rebound number. Yeah, I think that one makes a lot of sense sitting at the uh, at the second spot on uh, just beneath the smart one. Uh, and like you said, Brown played uh, 44 last game, 40 the two games before that. He's averaging 7.4 boards uh, per game for the playoffs. I think that one we're, we're totally fine getting to that on the expectation of a few additional minutes beyond the average what we've seen already. And considering he's already passed it in the average, I think we're pretty safe going to that one too. All right. Anything else to bring up from the Boston side? If not, we will uh, jump over to the Warriors. Um, the, just since we talked about how our minutes projection is probably light on him, keep an eye on the Robert Williams rebounding one as well. That's sitting at eight and a half. We've got him projected at 8.9 on the back of that 20 minute projection. So assuming that jumps tomorrow to like a 30 minute mark, that might go up, might gain a little ground and get into the, you know, 65 to approaching 70% range, uh, depending on where the projection lands. So that's one to just keep an eye on. If we're keeping an eye on the unders going the other way, keep an eye on this one on the overside. 
All right, so let's go and talk about the Warriors' side of the game and potential closeout game for the Warriors, up 3-2 in the series. If they win this, it'll be yet another championship ring for the Golden State uh, core guys, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, uh, Clay Thompson, Andre Udala. Also, these guys would be pulling in another ring. So looking at the Golden State Warriors in a closeout game, they've been in this situation before, but which props do you think they could close out on and win some, win some uh, people who are watching some uh, money over on NHA. So there's a couple really juicy looking boring ones to talk about on the under side of things. We'll talk about that in a sec, but let's jump to the overs because those are more fun. And we can talk about Andrew Wiggins again, right off the top, <laughs> sitting in an 87% or on a five and a half rebounding line. Yeah. We've got him projected at 7.7 rebounds. Got him projected for 36 minutes. He's been over 40 minutes each of the last three games, 43, 43, and 40. So averaging 42 minutes over those three games. I think we might even be a little light on the minutes projections. So I think that one's pretty killer off the top of the board there. Uh, just grab the Wiggins rebounds and, uh, and run with them. Yeah, and I mean, just look at these recent rebound numbers from Wiggins, and they've been crazy. The last two games, Wiggins has 13 and 16 rebounds. The 16 was a career high for him. And, you know, what a time to have a career high in yeah, rebounds seriously. than game five of the NBA finals. But then he bounces back 13 in the game after that. His minutes have been huge. He's playing a bunch of minutes, 42 and a half minutes last game, 43 and a half the game before. So for sure, Golden State has no trouble putting him out there to play bigger minutes. And you just look at the numbers now overall for the series. And uh, what was that? The five and a half is the, re yeah. So five yeah. and a half rebound prop for Andrew Wiggins. The least amount of rebounds he has had in the last, I don't know, 12 games now is five. And overall in this series, 13 rebounds, six rebounds, seven rebounds, five rebounds, uh, 10 rebounds in the closeout game against the Mavericks. So he's only been under five and a half rebounds in one game in the series. And it was a game where he had five rebounds. So with that in mind, I mean, I feel Smash, right? very, very good right. about the, it's just a wrong number. Yeah, yeah, he's averaging 9.4 for the finals. He's averaging close to double the line. I mean, that, that one seems like yeah. a no-brainer kind of a smash spot. So I definitely like that one off the top of the board. With that in mind, do you ever, when you're considering these, like, would that take away a little bit from the Draymond one, or does that keep the Draymond one just as strong for you? Like, do you, do you mind putting multiple rebounding props from the same team into a card like this? Because the, the Draymond one is sitting right there, 81% are at the top of the board as well. That's a six and a half. We've got them projected at 8.3. Draymond doing Draymond things, averaging 34.3 minutes over the last three, 35 minutes last game. I think there's certainly, you know, the ability to get there. But does it diminish it for you at all? If we're thinking Wiggins goes out, has another big rebounding game, do you, do you not like putting multiple ones into the card from just a game theory perspective? No, and this is the main reason why. So, one of the reasons that the over on rebounds projects well for guys like Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, well, other than the fact that the numbers are just low when relative to their production in this series, Looney isn't starting anymore. Yep. And Looney is, without him on the court, that's just a rebounder you're taking away. And then where do those Looney rebounds go to? You know, mostly Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. There's obviously other guys that could pull down rebounds as well, but the guys that are going to pull down more of the rebounds are going to be Draymond and Wiggins. And something else also, I mean, Draymond, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, he tied an NBA Finals record by fouling out three times in the series last game. So there's, there's obviously upside for more playing time from Draymond. He got 35 minutes last game. He wasn't bad from a counting stats perspective. He had eight rebounds, six assists the game before, nine rebounds, eight assists. But he continually is getting himself into foul trouble, which is dumbass fouls in this series, which... Maybe not that out of character for Draymond. Like but, I said, he's doing Draymond things. Yeah, but still, last game... 35 minutes, eight rebounds. The game before, 33 minutes, nine rebounds. Foul issues in both of them. 
if we get to a spot where he's able to avoid fouls, you know, we're probably going to see a double-digit rebound game from Draymond. I've actually been betting some of the alternate lines for Draymond throughout the playoffs, but in this series in particular. At first glance, a lot of people are like, well, you're an idiot. Draymond's been terrible in the postseason. Yeah, from a real-life perspective, sure, but he's pretty consistently hitting the overs with his rebounds and assist props. The last couple of games, once again, his rebound props have been six and a half, assists five and a half. And he's done a good job of hitting the overs on those recently. So, yeah, I still like the overs for Draymond here, assuming that Looney once again comes off the bench. Makes sense. Yeah, and I think, like like you said, you know, by the numbers, it's sitting right there. I was just I was curious how you looked at it in terms of putting the multiple guys for the same stat, uh, the same prop together on the same yeah. card. But uh, everything you said makes sense, and especially the Looney factor. I hadn't really been considering that. The Draymond one is maybe a little bit more thin. Like, we're not getting him averaging essentially double what the line is, but he's well over the, the, uh, the six-and-a-half line in his average for the finals. So I like that one. I think we're comfy there. And then uh, just looking around, like, would you go to any of the uh, the PRAs, like the Wiggins PRA, 24 and a half, the Draymond PRA, 20 and a half, since we're expecting those guys to have big rebounding nights. Draymond's average for the finals is only an 18 PRA. But like you said, he's gotten into foul trouble, fouled out of some games here and cut his own minutes down a little bit. We've got him projected at a 23.6 against the 20 and a half line as a 72 percenter it feels maybe a little thin, like that's maybe a little fragile around uh, his ability to stay in the game. Would you be looking at any of those or were you just kind of look to give him one thing to do like with the rebounding prop? Uh, I think the rebound prop usually, and cause I, I'm happy you brought this up because I usually like the PRAs more just yeah. because I, there's more avenues to get there. You and I have talked about this over the course of the season, but even with that said, the rebound number particularly for Wiggins is so, so low. And even to Draymond for an extent, these guys are both benefiting directly in the rebound department from Looney being off the court that I'd rather stick with the rebounds. And then we talk about the underside for, for the Warriors. There's a number of unders that look really strong, starting particularly with Jordan Poole. And I, I think this is probably going to be our most confident play of the entire game. Yeah, not to bury the lead here, but we've got a few 99 and 95 percenters. It's basically anything for Jordan Poole. Any of the props seem like virtual locks just based on where they're projected. The PRA is sitting at 26 and a half. We've got them projected at 16. Uh, we've got them projected for 29 minutes over the last three games. He's averaged 19, so 14 minutes, 21, 24, going back, uh, you know, three games back in time. So I think there's plenty of room on that one. If we take a look at the, uh, the finals average for Poole, he is averaging 21.4 minutes and is 16.2 PRA. So we are just well, well apart from that 26 and a half line. They're 10 points or 10, you know, PRA total up above what he's doing. Um, I, I'm very comfy with that one. Yeah. And also I'll explain why when it comes to Jordan Poole, because I understand there's a lot of people that like Jordan Poole quite a bit. Sure. Makes amazing Here's, shots at the end of the half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he <laughs> hits, he's, he's good for one crazy half court heave per game. <laughs> But here's the issue with Jordan Poole outside of that. He does nothing else. He doesn't play defense particularly well. He's not a good distributor. He's just somebody who takes a lot of shots and is sometimes efficient, sometimes not. So, But also plays you know, with guys that are going to enable him to get a lot of easy shots. Here's the stat line for Jordan Poole last game. He played 14 minutes. He scored 14 points and had no other stats. The thing that I take away most from that is that he played 14 minutes. If he's going to play 14 minutes, he's just not going to have the amount of playing time available to him to accumulate a lot of stats. And then also you think, all right, we're in game six of the finals now. Steph Curry is going to play his minutes. Clay is going to play his minutes. 
there just isn't that many extra playing time to go around to a guy like Jordan Poole. Then you also have to consider Andre Iguodala's back from injury, although he's kind of been a minor part of the rotation. But Gary Payton's back. Payton's ahead of Poole in the rotation right, right now. Payton's played really well at times during the series off the bench. And when you look at uh, last game, we got 14 minutes from Jordan Poole. And it was Peyton actually closed last game and played yeah 26 minutes last game for Poole. If Poole uh, for uh, for Gary Payton, if Payton's going to play 26 minutes, just where are you finding those other minutes for Jordan Poole? And that's kind of the issue here is that it's whoever plays better between him and Peyton. Then also depending on the game flow, if the Warriors are up in the game, they need defense. They're going to go with Peyton. If they're down a lot, maybe they go with Poole for the extra offense. But either way, Peyton's the preferred guy for Steve Kerr off the bench. I personally think Gary Payton's a better NBA player than Jordan Poole. And there just isn't enough playing time to go for somebody who has pretty significant props here. We've got a points line of eight and a half for Jordan Poole. He played 14 minutes last game. You mean to tell me he's going to score like a point and a half per minute? Probably not. That's, that's you know, those are Steph Curry, right? Steph Curry is averaging about a point per minute for this entire series. You need, you know, 50% more out of that from Jordan Poole, basically, to hit the over. So I love the unders for Jordan Poole. They all make sense. And I think we could close with that, Terry. That is our most confident play for the last NHA show you and I do. Hammer the unders with Jordan Poole. Hopefully he doesn't go out and make four half-court shots at the end of each quarter, (laughs) but who's to say? Guys, thank you very much for watching. Like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Good luck. Hope you guys enjoy game six.